What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You're listening to Lyles Movie Files. Joining me today is Little Brother Jace. We're going to talk about something that was just so magnificent that I had to talk about it with somebody who has encouraged me to get on this ride for so many weeks, months, slash years, and now I can finally talk about it because I have completed Star Wars The Clone Wars. And uh, the final episode was this Monday, May the 4th, for all of you Star Wars fans like me, like little brother Jace, and we're going to break this bad boy down. So let's bring him on so we can talk about The Clone Wars Season 7. Jace, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Let's talk. Let's talk some Clone Wars. So you and Dwayne, our cousin, have been, hey, you finished Clone Wars yet? You caught up? Are you ready? And I've been like, yeah, I'm going to get to it. I plan. You know, I'm so busy not going out that I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. I've been watching really bad movies, trying to catch up on some TV shows that I'm really far behind and recapping. And I decided now is the time to take a break because you guys were like, oh, man. And I was reading from my friends on Twitter who were doing a really good job of actually not spoiling it, saying this might be the best Star Wars ever. Um, this is so great. I'm um, just gut punch. I'm like, you know what? I don't need this spoiled because everyone's done such a great job so far. Let me just kill three days and get caught up. And that's what I did. So I, um, I think probably in the course of this last week, I've watched season four, five, six, and then seven. But oh my gosh, the main thought that I had from this was why is Star Wars so hard to get right if they can do it so well with this cartoon show? I mean, CGI, animation, whatever you want to call it, with this show. Now, I know there's the quote-unquote cheap shortcut that you have more time to develop characters and establish things in a TV show versus a movie. But honestly... I could take any three, no, they're 22 minutes, so any six episodes of Clone Wars, just a six-episode stretch, and I get better character development than anything that was found in the sequel trilogy. I'm not going to spend too much time bashing the sequels, but I feel like there's a distinct, major, complete, and very obvious difference between the attention, the... I don't want to use this word, but I think it's just the best one. The devotion to the source material, to Star Wars as a saga that we saw in Clone Wars and how it was executed based off of what we already knew was going to happen, things that we knew had to happen, and a few question marks that we weren't sure how one dot connected to the next, specifically how some characters evolved into Rebels and how they evolved into other Star Wars uh, properties. So that's my quick overview of Clone Wars, uh, just in general. But let's talk specifically about this season seven. I'm not going to go into season five like, oh my gosh, you guys, season five was so amazing because everybody's like, yeah, we know. Welcome to five years ago. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but let's talk about season seven. Uh, it started off, and I was really excited because. 
right away there's some differences. I see Anakin's hair's grown out a little longer. The narrator's like, yeah, the Jedi just so happen to be going to some locations that are very familiar if you obsessively watch Revenge of the Sith like I have. And I was like, oh no. And as I was going through season seven, I was just texting you like, oh my gosh, here it comes. What's this? Oh no. And I know your phone was like, hell, will you just call this dude? Cause it's so we'll stop texting every 20 seconds. But oh man, it, w- it was so cool because Clone Wars is kind of operated in this, this space of we know eventually, you know, we, we started basically from the end of the Clone Wars cartoon to this nebulous time that's kind of wide open before Revenge of the Sith. We know that's the cutoff. But this was like, oh, it's real. They're at the doorstep of Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, we, we had to get the characters caught up. And, and they started right away with the Bad Batch. And I was like, I was I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was just expecting every episode to be this big Revenge of the Sith lead-in. But that wasn't the case. Uh, we started off with this bad batch. We had like basically a Rambo clone trooper, a Hulk slash thing clone trooper wrecker. Um, then we had a cool sniper who was like low lighting from G.I. Joe and Tech, who was the tech guy. And they were helping Rex and Anakin possibly track down a long lost clone. It was I love those guys. I feel like whenever I watch something cool, my inner nine-year-old is like, ooh, I want toys. I'm like a brainwashed kid from the 80s where if I watch something cool, I want a figure, I want a toy, I want the vehicles, even though that's like three decades ago. I'm still wired, hardwired that way where it's like, ooh, that's cool, toy. And I text you and was like, I want Bad Bash figures right now. Like, I want to go or at least order them and have them come to my doorstep tomorrow because I want it all four and totally down. What did you think about Bad Batch? Uh, very much. Here's the the caveat to season seven of Clone Wars. This show was in rough draft years ago, probably, I think, before season six of Clone Wars was done. The lost episodes. Yeah. So okay. this one is it's been it was very faithful to the source material because it's like, yeah, we've had this ready to do. We just kinda I don't know what business reason led to it not coming out. But once you saw but once you got in it was like, Oh wow, these bad batches guys I mean it it really is. It's like, oh, these guys have been here five minutes and you put in character development just by saying who they are. Like you, you can fill in backstory. Like, hey, you know these guys. You know, been taking out stuff. They do things a little unorthodox. They're kind of mutated uh, clones, kind of like uh, the guy in uh, season five, but they were genetically altered for a positive way. And he's mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, got it. I've extrapolated enough data from that. You bring the Rambo dude, like you said, those guys, and it's just like, got it. I know what their roles. And then they, the first five minutes they do, all of them do their roles. It's like, cool. Okay, yeah. All right. I'm in. All right. Bad Bash. Got it. That's a very good point because 
I think on the whole, especially with something like Star Wars, we don't really need this deep, intricate introduction to characters. We just need something to latch onto with their personality. And as long as they stay and kind of walk in that, we're okay with seeing them evolve. But that initial hook is what we need to care about characters. I know there's there's that super devoted fan base who cares about the guy, the ice cream guy in Cloud City. But I'm more of a guy like, hey, Wedge is the guy that survives all of the dogfights. That's Wedge. He is competent. He gets the job done. And he doesn't try and he has, too much either. Hey, yeah. Luke, I can't do this. Got to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, player. You're on your own. I'm not getting killed because I'm not stupid. But the Bad Bash didn't need 10 episodes for you to care about him. It was, what was it, three episodes maybe that they were in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, dude, Bad Batch spinoff, please, please. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I was I was all about it. And then they, they took me for this crazy loop because then we had another 20 episodes catching up with Ashoka. And with these... <laughs> no, 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 no. It was only three. It was only three. Okay. You know, the interesting thing about that was I didn't really kind of look ahead, but I was I wanted to see how many episodes I needed to not go through, but how many episodes, because you told me the final four are really good. So I knew the last four were going to be strong episodes. And I was curious how many episodes I was when the first Ashoka episode started. And I was like, gosh, this is interesting. It was like a storyline that would have been really great season four or five. But I was like, all right, let's get to the greatness of this season. And it was interesting because it was good, but I felt like they really stretched it out. Not in a, not necessarily in a bad way, because I guess the entire point of it was to show that, hey, Ahsoka knows there's more stuff out there than the Jedi, and people are affected by what the Jedi do and what they're not doing. And ultimately, that helps steer more of her decisions going forward. But man, I was like, Wow, so good. Way to get caught again. Way to get caught. Wait, Chuck, but, you mean she didn't instantaneously overcome every trial that was put in front of her? You know, I don't know how possible it's going to be for me not to just trash the sequel trilogy. <laughs> I'm really trying hard not to, because I know the sequel trilogy has some fans, and I don't want them to be like, ah, stop it already. But honestly, if you just, and I feel like the sequel trilogy critics get lumped into this terrible, oh, you just hate the movie because it had a female lead. And I feel like that's the lazy complaint. Because, again, I love those three characters right until Han and Chewie showed up and made me go, eh, maybe they're not that cool. But the problem I had with Rey, which just exacerbated throughout the rest of the films, or that trilogy, was... Ray never made a mistake. Ray was always awesome, and she was just great at everything, basically the first time she did it. Ahsoka was nowhere near that. She had to learn. She had a, a she had an evolution as a character. She started off as like this little child kind right. of basically. Oh. Yeah. And smart mouth teenager. And then it's like, okay, now you're like a young woman. You know, like a 20-year-old fresh out of college, 
what am I doing with my life? And it felt like I'd watched Ahsoka grow over this time. I was invested in her journey because she wasn't perfect all the time. She would get beaten fights. She'd get caught. And even at this point, she's still getting caught by dudes. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Just, you know, use a force. But it was more, it was, it made her journey more interesting because it was like, she wasn't just taking care of everything with no effort. And that really matters as we get to the next section. I haven't missed any episodes before we go to the final four, right? Okay. Well, we're, are we keeping this as spoiler-free as possible? Let's say we're not. So I'm going to assume that everyone who has clicked onto this one knows we're going to talk about it. I'm going to go super with my notes and say we're talking all about it, but we're going to talk all about it. So feel free. Spoil okay. it. Well, I just want to go because the first, let's say, six are kind of like you start, like you said, you start off with the Clone Wars. I mean, you start like, oh, we're, we're, we're in Sith now. We're in Sith world. And then mm-hmm. you see that evolution and they slow it down rightfully because you really just like, oh, shoot, we're going to Sith. But you're like, no, you don't. Just slow it down. <laughs> it's like, because remember, we know it's like Ahsoka's back. So what has she been doing since the last time you saw her when she's like, screw y'all Jedi, y'all are idiots. And let's talk about that real fast. Because man, I was I kept calling you as I was going through this thing. And I just kept getting increasingly frustrated with the Jedi. You're and yeah, man, I, I was, I'm, I'm like, dude, what, why, why can't y'all do this right? It's like, jeez, listen to people. I do the right thing. And I mean, when the Alderaan Rebellion's going on, they're like, nah, dude, y'all can't help. You can, you can advise, but absolutely don't get into a fight. Like, why? This doesn't, this doesn't hurt you guys. And it's just, and they're so, they're such puppets. And they don't understand. They think they're in charge, but not really. And so on one way, you're kind of you can kind of feel bad for them because they're so completely and utterly clueless. But they're, they're, they're so stuck in their ways that they won't go, hey, maybe this younger guy who was not totally devoted and raised in our line of thinking, maybe he's got a different perspective on all this. Well, but hold on. Here's the other thing. It's like also something that even harkens back to Phantom Menace when Obi-Wan says, Hey, if you just kind of chilled out a little bit, you'd be on a council. They don't put a guy who has even a slightly different view of the force. Right. right. The galaxy on there. Cause they don't want to hear it. It doesn't abide by their code. So no, you you're on the outside. And that helps to lead to all of this. Cause they don't listen to somebody's like, there's something wrong here and no one's peeped it yet. We just assume everything's right, but I'm sensing something off. And that's Obi-Wan in the beginning of the movie. He's like, something's wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on, but something's wrong. Yeah, no, focus on the here and now. And even Qui-Gon falls into that. It's like, they are so, they're such company men that they can't deviate from their line of thinking. And I don't know, maybe, Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I'm just, and I'm not going to go with this deep analogy and allegory for what's going on now, but you can really see how this could happen 
what plays out in the Star Wars saga as something that could happen. I mean, it's it's basically happening, happening, happened. And it's just like another, it's a cool story looking at how people think they're in the right, but they're just so totally wrong, even when they keep seeing all these signs that this is not right. Well, I mean, the original basis, I mean, I think when George Lucas was talking about this, he's like, I'm really just writing a fantasy version of Rome, ancient Rome, uh, Germany. It's just like, I'm just jazzing it up a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's, these, it's like when societies just start decaying because they're so rigid and somebody just turns them all around and they just don't accept that they've gone wrong. Yeah. But it, and, and one thing that I've, like I always say, I get if people don't like Phantom Menace, but I feel like if you're, oh, I hate Phantom Menace, you're really shortchanging the brilliant positioning of Palpatine and all of his maneuvering in that movie alone. I think if you look at that from a perspective of not of, hey, this is our first time we're seeing Darth Vader as a child. We're doing pod racing. This is awesome. But look at it more from the perspective of how he's putting all the pieces on the chessboard to screw everybody over, but how this is not a quick, immediate thing. He is taking his time. Everything's now in order, and now he's pressing play on his master plan. Mm-hmm. And it's then like watching that play out, is like, oh, wow. Oh, man. It's like, and a lot of the folks in the galaxy are basically as clueless as Jar, Jar Jar Binks. They're just thinking right. perfectly good to go. Yeah, and it's like Jar Jar is made to look stupid, but in a way, the Jedi reflect him with their mind and attitude toward Palpatine. It's just like, oh, he's our frenzy. Um, but yeah, and uh, where am I? So I got really worried at the end of season six because, like I told you, I'm, I always want my toys. I want my figures to add on my Star Wars shelf. I love the younglings from The Gathering. I love those six Jedi. And I was like, I want figures of all of these guys. And then they showed them in the scene with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Count Dooku and Yoda's having his uh, semi-hallucinations. I'm like, oh, no, we're not going to kill the kids, are we? I mean, <laughs> probably did get killed, but I mean, yeah. I don't want to see that. Oh, it's great. Um, but I was like, this is so stupid. They they had those kids in like three episodes where they were main feature and I was so invested in them. And I'm just like, this is not even 90 minutes, but they're able to make you care about characters in such a quick fashion. Like I cared about all those droids uh, on that next art where what's the guy's name? Like the little small frog like Jedi, wasn't a Jedi, just a general. Um, who was working with the droids. I cared about all those droids. And, you know, it was just like when, when one of them got killed, I was like, darn it, they killed him. You know, it was just, and it's like a Star Wars. I shouldn't care about droids getting killed. But, I mean, they, and they, I mean, Jokers don't talk, they're droids. But I cared about them. And I just thought it was really interesting how they can do that in 90 or less than 90 minutes. It's like they begin. I say most Star Wars fans can extrapolate 
incomplete information as long as you give them a baseline. And a lot of times, like the cartoons just did a good job. Like, like I said earlier, it's like they gave you enough of a personality and you're like, okay, cool. And then like you said, just follow that arc wherever it leads. It's like, as you were talking about, like early in the Clone Wars, where you see the general, the Jedi general is basically feeding the clones to the uh, separatists. And you're like, wait, something's wrong. And then, and then you hear what is, what he's doing. It's like, oh, wow. Like, this is mm-hmm. really not right in the galaxy. It's, 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 and they do that. I think they just do it. I mean, the cartoon did a masterful job of that. Like you care about people you see on screen for 90 minutes, even if you're never going to see them again, because you've invested in that character development for that 90 minutes. Like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I want to know what happens to them if I don't see what happens. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was really, really good. So now, now we're good to talk about the final four. Well, other than I, I'm I 100% want to co-sign that I, if they would like to do a bad batch uh, miniseries, I'd watch that too. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I'd do a whole series, no miniseries. Hey, <laughs> I, I would approve of that. Like, it's amazing how when people like Star Wars, you can make a whole lot of spinoffs and don't need source material. It's like, hey, I got the. First, I mean the six, mo- the eight movies of Star Wars are great source material, so you can do whatever you need from there. Thank you for getting something, but yeah, I don't think so, but I'm okay. <laughs> so, um, I was, you know, during this Ahsoka and the two sisters, and I thought it was amazingly that those two sisters are very clearly Latina. I feel like we don't have enough representation. Bail Organa is Jimmy Smith, so yeah. But that's that's like a missing kind of element from representation, real representation in the Star Wars universe. So I thought it was cool that we got to spend so much time with them. And I liked that a lot. I thought it was cool. But I was kind of like, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know, maybe it was like 10 or 11 o'clock. I'm thinking... <laughs> Okay, when are we gonna get to the like awesome, amazing stuff? I'm ready for it. And I was semi watching the Ahsoka stuff, and then when it went to the next episode, and there wasn't the typical rage in space. The narrator's gone. So Lucasfilm, and it's like, oh, 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 okay, we're, we're getting serious. Okay, Clone Wars. You, you didn't get that feeling we saw Maul come back in that episode. Like, wait, this is starting to be. This is starting to connect to stuff. What, what's going on here? Yeah, it's, it's weird how you make stuff connect from one movie or show or episode art to the next. It's weird how that's possible. I didn't I didn't think that was something you could do with, with, with uh, Star Wars material in 2020. But apparently you can. But I thought, you know, like all along, I, I've been like, man, I really appreciate how Dave Filoni has set up this this version of Clone Wars to not fight against Genity Tarkovsky? Is that how you pronounce my man's name? I'm not sure. Let's say that's it. Like, I perfectly pronounced his name. He did this Clone Wars cartoon that I really loved. It was five micro installments, and it basically started off with Padawan, Anakin, you know, kind of fresh off of Clone Wars, or I'm sorry, Attack of the Clones, 
getting into the start of the Clone Wars. And the first installment ends with this amazing cliffhanger with the introduction of General Grievous. And it's set up in a way that I'm just like, oh, wow, that is great. I mean, the Joker comes, Jedi, it's so great. Anyway, so then that first, so the second installment picks right up from that segment. And then there is a clear break point where Anakin loses his Padawan braid and he goes off to really become a major force in this Clone Wars. Then it's like a natural break between that and, hey, go on, watch the Clone Wars um, CGI series. And then what I thought was just really cool was how Filoni used that. He used Revenge of the Sith and said, I'm going to tell a story in a cool way because, I mean, it's not like nobody's seen Revenge of the Sith. And I'm going to assume the Star Wars fans have already watched this earlier Clone Wars series. So I'm going to set mine during all these other events. And it was so much, so cool. And I would, my one thing was, I'm not going to be able to watch this in one setting. Because he did such a great job of, you know, like if you've watched all this stuff, you know what's going on. But I kind of want to watch this stuff. And then cut back and clip back. And, and I'm just like, man, somebody I need out there in internet land to make a super cut of the cartoon Clone Wars, the animated Clone Wars, and Revenge of the Sith as everything is occurring. Because I've made no secret Revenge of the Sith is one of my favorite films, period. No asterisk for it's the best one of the prequels. No, it's one of my favorite films because I just I love the entire Anakin art played out in that film but i loved how so much was incorporated from both of those different takes on star wars into this and you know we're paying off the mandalorian arc or the mandalore arc um and i'm just like oh man so for everybody who was like you know uh you're just hating on ray because ray is a female absolutely not because in clone wars we get some really great female care we get some really great characters who just so happen to be female and uh, her sister and yeah. it was like in those mandalore arcs it was like I knew them from maybe the first episode. Okay, cool. I'm going with y'all. Let's 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 yeah, go. Man. It was it was perfect. So yeah. So yeah, so I was just oh man, all this stuff is going on. And then we get this really great payoff with Anakin and Ahsoka and Ahsoka reuniting. He's happy. But you can you can kind of see like Anakin is worn down from the war and it's sort of taking his toll on him. And he gives her her own squadron of the 501st. And it's just like that was such a nice moment. Well, but you're, it, also it, skipping. Oh, okay. you're also skipping. Go ahead. Season five, at the end of it, Anakin is trying his dangest to defend his pattern. He's like, I know this person didn't, like, she's been working with the clone. Oh, like, man. Obama, like, why is none of the Jedi listening to me? Like, I know yeah. my Padawan. And 
when at the end of that season, he's you can just see it's like, man, I am like I said, he's worn down. Like I've been doing everything for this galaxy, and then I ask them for one little thing, they don't do it for me. Don't even have my back. Not even and just, not even like it's a one little thing. He's like, dude, y'all know her. She wouldn't do this. Why don't we give her the benefit of the doubt and and just go, hey, you're innocent, so we prove you're guilty instead of the other way around. Why is my word not good enough? It's like, it's like, yes, it was a frame job, but you guys should have believed us when we said she didn't do this. You guys didn't, like I said, y'all went guilty even with minimal guilty. effort. It, yeah. And it was like, so then the next time he sees his former pattern, it's like, somebody actually's like, yes, my wife gives me joy, but I can't see her all the time, but I get my pattern. At least somebody, you know, respects my opinion other than Obi-Wan. And it's like, ah, some, a little bit of light in this dang on war. All right. Yeah. And then they've got to split up. And I, I text you, I was like, man, this made me feel like when Anakin said goodbye to Obi-Wan and Sith, where it's like, they don't think this is the last time they're going to see each other, but we got this kind of pit of dread feeling like, yep, this is going to be it between them. And and it was so cool like, that he, huh? You say the fact that it's like, it's oh, we're going to help Mandalore. Oh wait, Sith has really started. Yeah, like, Grievous, Grievous has captured Palpatine. What? Yeah, you're like, oh, this. I mean, because it, it it does a great job of. Like you said, going with the source material they had and fitting in perfectly in that space. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I mean, it was just like, yes. Like, oh, no. I said yes, but I know what this leads to. No. Yeah, it's like, gee, imagine if Brian Johnson and J.J. Abrams did that with their Whereas, like, instead of doing this stupid tug of war, no, this is what I want, well, I want to do this. And if they had actually collaborated in the same way that Dave Filoni did here, the story those those sequel trilogies could have been better. Yeah, I'm 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 okay saying they could have been better if it wasn't like both of them weren't fighting for control of what they wanted to do in each movie. Yeah. And so then we get you know Rex is with Ahsoka and they're going to Mandalore and it's it's cool because. We're seeing little traces of things happening from Sith. Oh, Count Dooku's dead. Oh, okay. Wow. Hey, All right. We're we're gonna have the Council's Anakin spy on the Chancellor. Whoa, that's not good. And I love that Ahsoka was like, "Yo, what are y'all doing? That's not cool. He's that's his boy." It is. It just reinforces how tight they've been throughout this entire Clone Wars. That she's like, listen. And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, I know. But he's he's not that that voice is gonna go, no, this is dumb. We can't make we can't put Anakin in this position. Especially because so he's on the council. He's again, he's the product of well, I saw how they did Qui-Gon, so I'm gonna conform a little more and not really fight for what's probably the better way to go, but ends up being the right thing in the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because if you asked me, hey, did you feel a little bit different about the Jedi as I continue to watch this? And I felt like, no, I thought they were pretty incompetent from Sith. Hey, let's let's not trust them, but let's put them with with Sidious or Palpatine. And no, I don't care what you say. You can't go with me because I don't trust you. Hey, dude, just if people die, it's all good, baby. Just, just take it easy. 
And and I feel like I've never seen anything where anybody was like, "Hey, Anakin, you okay? Your mom died." I mean, it's just like they 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 treat those dudes so bad, and it's just there was gosh, I think it was in the Lost, maybe it was season five or the Lost episode where Mace and Jar Jar are talking, and the queen of that species is like, "No, the Jedi came and took my kid," and it's like, gosh. Or took the kids. And it's like, right. yeah, that kind of seems like what the Jedi would do. So it's weird because they're like, yo, we're repping, we're doing what's best for the galaxy, but occasionally the galaxy is going to get screwed over from things we do. And as long as everything's peaceful, then it's all good. But in this war, all of the warts of the Jedi are starting to come out. I mean, hey, we're we're a bunch of kidnappers, literally. Uh, you'll never see your kid again. There's no ransom, and that's it. Only Dooku basically had some contact with his family, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go back and be a count because this is ridiculous." Yeah, it, it's there are some very interesting things where it's kind of like you see why the Jedi operated the way they did. This always it's, this has worked all this time. There's no reason to make a change. You gotta stick with it, but you can really see how someone could use their rigid strategy against them. I'm planning this for a thousand years. It's like, yep, they haven't changed. Playbook's still the same. Yeah, like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And, and gosh, so, boy, let's sort of fast forward because, (laughs) man, I thought it was really great when Maul showed up at the end of the first one and was like, you're not who I wanted. Why are you here? And I was like, oh, shoot, what do you want? And then that next confrontation, because they, they do a lot of build up for it. And when he's sitting on the, the throne, the Mandalorian throne, and it's like, oh, man, that was cool. And he's like, get out of here. I just want to talk to her. <laughs> he's just totally dismissing them. Well, and yeah, yeah. Right for rule of it. I got, I got bigger plans. <laughs> Mandalore right. is not my real game. Yeah, and then once again, we have a Sith telling a Jedi, here is what's going on. I need you to pay attention and listen very carefully, because if you do, we can stop a really, really bad problem. But the Jedi, and Ahsoka is, for all of her disillusion with them, she's still a Jedi. Like, she is a Jedi to the core with, nope. Nope, nope. This is black and white. I don't care about everything else, but what you're saying is black and white because you're a Sith. I'm never going to trust you because you're a Sith. But also, it's one of those hubris to think you didn't get played. But Dooku told you you got played in in Attacking the Clones, but you didn't believe. But hey, giant revealing the whole game. You've been played. Nah, we couldn't have been. We couldn't have been that blind. Yes, you could. (laughs) But I think that's like a common theme with Clone Wars that you see that Palpatine and Dooku lie the truth so much that they just go along with it. And like, well, that doesn't sound right because that sounds like a lie. And they're like, yeah, (laughs) okay. It's like those moments when, and you know, those random moments in the comic book where Clark would go, no, really, Lois, I'm actually Superman. 
I'm just pretending to be a mild manner reporter. And she's like, whatever, dude. And it just sounds so ridiculous. Though it's the truth, they just refuse to listen to it and accept it for what it is. Their senses, their attunement with the force is so off that that truth they can't understand. And I think maybe this is where Obi-Wan and, and Yoda started getting that from a certain point of view mm-hmm. um, mentality. Because it's like, well, I guess if you looked at it from that perspective, then yeah. Um, but gosh, so there's, there's that was cool. I really loved their whole confrontation. And it felt like an epic Star Wars face-off. We've got the Mandalorians and the remnants of Death Watch fighting in the background. They're in an area with lots of glass. So it has that reminiscent feel of the Jedi without going, hey, we're going to do the exact same scene from Return of the Jedi. Ha! <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more so like when it was like almost like Cloud City. It's like the glass is flying, but it's like Maul's just like, seriously, just like I'm telling you the truth. Come with me. Don't yeah. worry about the rest. I, I yeah. was like, just like let let the truth hit you. <laughs> like yeah. it should be hitting you. It should be smacking you in your face. Here it is. And yeah. The glass is shattering on the reality that you knew, but I'm here to help you. And, and oh my gosh, that lightsaber fight between Maul and Ahsoka. One of my favorites. And you told me there was a reason for that. What was that reason? Uh, I, 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 I think I I I I could I might have to look at this again, but I think the reason why that fight scene looked so good was because um, Ray Parks was actually the motion capture person they used for that Darth Maul fight, and it's like the way it looks. I'm like, because I, I follow him on Instagram, he does that stuff all the time, and I'm just like, and then I think I, I saw it. I'm like, yeah, that's probably why that looks so crisp. I mean, it was not. That's not, I don't think you can, I mean, I've seen many of those Star Wars fights, but it's like, mm-hmm. that looked like a person. And that was, yep. That yeah, like and we've seen Clone War Darth Maul fighting. And it was like, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's cool. But this, this is John Blaze. That dude, he was like, oh, I, when I watched, I was like, oh, man, this is like a real Darth Maul fight. <laughs> when you were like, yeah, he mocaps. It's like, oh, that explains everything. Because, man. That that was a seriously intense fight, and it didn't feel like a cartoon fight like we'd seen, you know, in the cartoon and in this um, CGI version of Clone Wars, where it was like, okay, I mean, it was they didn't have the restraints of real people, but this felt like a real fight with real people that just so happened to be done in CGI. Yeah, I, I it, it it like I said, it was just them grounding, not doing so much actually made it's like. Oh, you 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 felt the stakes in this fight, and I think mm-hmm. you mentioned this when we were talking. It's like you can feel the stakes. It's like one you get captured, one you might have to understand. I'm telling you the truth, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you to come with me to do. He's like, I see everything. I I now know the plan. You better follow me to stop it. And it was. And I was. I think what's really funny is how often in these fights, in the only difference the only one where this is not the case is when obi-wan is fighting anakin where jedi is the one that's acting aggressively in the fight because well qui-gon didn't but he got killed so let's not count that but anakin gets fired up when he's fighting count dooku loses his arm over it um 
Uh, gosh, well, I guess Yoda doesn't either. Yoda, but Yoda when there are few. There's yeah. enough instances where when they're fighting with their emotions, they they tend to be the aggressor, while the Sith is telling them the truth or a reality that they don't want to hear. And I just think it's like the Jedi temper tantrum that kind of messes them up in, in fights. And of course, the ultimate example is Anakin when he's fighting Obi Wan. Well, I mean, also remember, it's like the Jedi are act like, oh, their emotions are so bad, but they've been repressing them so long, they don't know how to deal with when the blinding troops hit you. It's like, well, no, it can't be. It's like they just like, just like I'm using your emotions against you because you never learned how to deal with them. Yeah. I mean, te- doing a temper tantrum, like. I'm playing because you don't know how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. We've won. we cultivated this. This is what right. gives us strength. Yeah, and they're and they're just like raging out and not understanding why they're raging out. Like when when Anakin fought Asajj that first time, I was like, dude, what are you doing? Calm it down. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I see why Obi Wan and Yoda were the last two Jedi until mm-hmm. Luke came around, and then Luke was the final Jedi. Um. So, the last Jedi, if you will. So, that that fight was great, and it was like, okay, well, there's a few more episodes. What's going to happen? And I was, you know, I've been like, okay, well, I don't know what they're going to do. But it's like, no, we're going to play out everything. Everything that's happening in Sith is happening throughout this. And Maul is warning, like, oh, man. We've all been fools. I thought Dooku was stupid, but he was just like me. He was just a pawn. And he's been running this thing all this time. And now it's about to come. And he's used the clones to kill the Jedi. And Ahsoka's like, what are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, the clones try to kill her. And it's like, oh, dude, that was it was so good because, you know, we we when in in Sith we see the immediate fallout where it's just all of a sudden they turn with this we get to see the emotional fallout of wait I fought with you guys what are you doing and because most of the Jedi are just so completely overwhelmed and surrounded they don't even have time to process before they're killed Soka's like no (laughs) what's happening I mean the real truth is she got lucky because oh yeah is the only clone who's like, man, I heard five said he must seems crazy. You know, I pay, I pay, I'm a, I'm a file this report. And this was in uh, season six, but he's like, Oh shoot. It's like in the back of your mind, just like I can fight what I know is right. It's like, I am going to do it. Cause this is my, I've been, I, 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 I this, this is who I am, but I got two seconds to tell you, you better run <laughs> and find mm-hmm. information. Cause otherwise, we're all going to kill you anyway, but you got yeah. <laughs> coming for you. So then that that's basically the, the second half where Ahsoka is dealing with Order 66 on a ship with just her and Rex and Darth Maul running around creating a nuisance. And this, the whole Maul on the spaceship left his own devices. It felt again like Darth Vader in Rogue One without feeling like a ripoff of it. You know, it's it's a delicate thing where you can kind of channel that, oh, yeah, this is kind of like that. Where like the sequel trilogy was like, remember that scene from before? We're going to do this the exact same way. But it's like him, he was like, I, I don't have, it was like him just using his force, what he's got. He's like, I'm ruthless with what I got. Yeah, he I'm, was dangerous. He's like, he's, 
taking doors off, smashing people. I mean, he's like throwing Capitating dudes. That's what he would do. He's, he's like, I'm here to get the hell out of this ship. Like, and this and I think, was this the third episode or the fourth episode? Um, I think he was doing that in the fourth episode okay, yeah. where he was just really being destructive. Yeah. And he's like, like destroying the hyperdrive. <laughs> this guy was going off. It's like, I don't know. I don't have a lightsaber. I got, I got what I, I'm going to use what I, what's that, what I have in my disposal. And yeah, Whew. that was, that was rough. And then, the, I mean, then. All the sad poor droids that Ahsoka managed to recruit to help her got killed. I was like, "What? You can't kill droids?" Yeah. But, but I'm um, sorry. Did you did, did you just love like kind of when they were executing Order sixty six? But like them to actually put the movie into that part where Aunt, I mean Ahsoka's just like because she would have enough connection with uh, Anakin to know it. Wait, yeah. something's wrong. And then they you hear that scene from yeah. Sith, and then you yeah. hear like dark deeds like the music from Sith playing. You're like. Oh no! I mean, it's like the dread yeah. is hitting you in Shatter. This is episode three in Shatter. You're mm-hmm. just like, oh no! It's it's happening now. It's like we yeah. talked earlier about Sith here, but it's here, and it's just like, oh yeah. No. So it's like, and then you get to that fourth episode. It's like, oh, how does Ahsoka survive? I mean, we don't. I mean, some of us know she survives. It's like we really want to know how she survives. Hmm. So. Yeah, we see her and Rex manage to fend off the clone troopers long enough to barely survive. (laughs) And then all of her clone troopers are dead. Like her whole crew who who painted up their helmets to match her, her face. I just thought that was cool. And they're just buried under this wreckage and it's like gosh weren't you feeling rex when he's like i mean you see tear rolling these are my brothers yeah yeah like i wanted to get out of this daggone war and this is the next switch they pulled on me i just like they will not hesitate to kill us i mean it was just like damn this is no y'all on the cartoon man calm down yeah i'm not trying to get emotional i mean the only cartoon is supposed to make me uh feel this kind of way is up beginning but gosh, it was like, ugh, ugh, what's this feeling in my throat? <laughs> what is this? And then we get the um, that ending where she's just sitting there and she's looking at all this this graveyard of clone helmets. And it's like, gosh, and Rex took the time to bury them all. It's like, good grief. And she's got the lightsaber that Anakin was so happy to give her when he saw her again. And she's like, I cannot and she just throws it to the ground and then the next scene and it's you know I had no idea what was going to happen I've very much avoided everything involving Clone Wars until I finished watching it and when I saw the shuttle I was like oh wow we're going to go here with this and then I see no more color just regular white and black stormtroopers like oh man and Areas covered in snow, so we've got my favorite clone or stormtrooper variant with snowtroopers. And then you hear that, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, shoot, he's here. And then he walks over and he sees the helmet that he, he designed up for, her, and he finds a lightsaber and he looks up 
And it's just like, oh man, you, you, there's no words. We don't hear what the heck he's thinking, but it's just this. Something else is gone from me. It is just, gosh, it's such a great because he lights the lightsaber, and he just takes it away, walks off, and it's just like, oh man, what an ending that was. Yeah, it's like this is. I think it's like to do it, and it's like even though you saw Ahsoka and Rex walk away, it's like. Just bringing Vader back is like I've lost everything and everybody I care about. It's like my half my my five zero first guys that I've been just doing a whole. I mean, it, these are my brothers in arms, and they're all gone. I mean, half of them are gone. Ahsoka's gone. Yeah, it, you just you was like this thing has had a heavy toll on everything. <laughs> it's just like, and I'm in this daggone metal suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Um, well, I guess I have two questions for you. First, will I be let down going from this watching Rebels? Uh, or will I enjoy the Rebels ride for what it is, knowing that this last four episodes of Clone Wars is a high exalted, highly esteemed, well done, could have been a movie finale for Clone Wars? Okay. All right. So Clone Wars is going to take you very much on the same kind of Clone Wars ride. Um, you're going to be introduced to some Rebels? Rebel, I mean, yeah, Rebels is going to take you on a um, very, very similar journey. Um, going to be introduced to some characters. Thank you, Dave Filoni, for bringing Thrawn back, because some idiots don't know how to use them. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, but, and then their last four on their series, also great. Perfect. Great. Well, I can't wait. How many seasons am I, am I going to be rolling through very quickly? Uh, five. So probably for you, probably by Monday. This should be the <laughs> Now I'll have a breaking news podcast review of of Rebels. Yes. Be awesome. Yeah. I'm all about being timely for the masses. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. So my, my last question for you now is, where do you rate this finale of Clone Wars with the within the Star Wars saga? Um, <laughs> I I mean, I, I think you just, you have to, especially now that I've watched it, I'm like, I don't know if I can watch, go, I definitely can go Attack of the Clones to Sith. I have to watch Class 4. It, I mean, I, and I think you, you, you said you were going to come up with a, like an essential guide to Clone Wars. I think I would probably have to do that, too. Yeah, because I feel like there's so much within Clone Wars that tells. I, I kind of feel like, you know, in my review, I wrote that these last four episodes wow. really feel like. Well, yes, that these last four episodes feel like Avengers Endgame, where you can watch Endgame. And you can really appreciate it as a great movie, but if you watch through the entire Marvel Universe saga and then get to Endgame, it's so much more rewarding because it's like you've got the full context, everything, references, there's so many callbacks. I mean, even Jarvis from Agent Carter. I mean, there's so much where it's like, oh, wow, I appreciate it so much more. And, you know, not everybody has that kind of time to invest that buildup. I am one of those people, so I'm going to keep doing that while we're in quarantine. Um, but I feel like 
because their episodes are so short, it's like 22 minutes a pop. You can probably, I mean, I feel like there's probably 30 essential Clone Wars episodes. Maybe 25. Yeah, I think you probably, I mean, I think you could, I mean, like, again, you're almost like, do you bring in uh, the original Clone Wars movies, or at least that first one? Uh, Are you talking about the movie? Uh, no, the no, CGI no, movie. The, the yeah, the CGI movies. No, the CGI no, no. movie of Clone Wars. The, the 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 movies that came out right before Revenge of the Sith. Like the, I always feel like you have to watch one, and then you have to see Grievous's like intro. And then oh, you you're get, talking about the cartoon Clone yeah, Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So but, yeah, my 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 thinking on it is is you kind of need to. Like I said, I I wonder if you know there's a Godfather cut where they do it, where it's broken down chronologically. So they shoot it. I mean they they take the time to edit it in a way that has all the flashbacks of Vito, and then puts you to the events, most of which we see in Godfather Part One, and then wrap it up with the Michael chapter of Part Two. I really think that Disney has a unique opportunity to do something that people would pay for, mm-hmm. namely me, to do that. So I would really, really like to see that. And if they don't, I may have to get creative. But I, I'm like you, man. I feel like you, it's, it's, you can do it, but you're kind of cheating yourself out of some of the fun if you just go movie, movie, and call it a wrap. And I know there are lots of prequel haters who are like, ha, finally, these are much better now because of the cartoon. I'm not like that. I, I'm a huge fan of Sith. I, I like uh, Attack of the Clones just fine because of Count Dooku and Django. I think they're really great villains. The Caminos are nice and mysterious. Um, yeah, and, and Mace gets a better role. We get a long, big-time fight. We get the big-screen version of the Clone Wars because we really don't get that. Um outside of that opening sequence in Sith. So, I mean, there's a lot that I like in Attack of Clones. And I always say this, like, how do you not love Attack of Clone, at least for Yoda's ending, but gun, the Clone Wars half? It's like, how do you not sense the, like, hey, everything's good, but that dread, it's like, oh, shoot. We screwed Dude, up. And then Bail Organa just, like, tapping, like, I that mean, very subtle like, tap, and like, <sighs> this is, this is going to be a mess. And then, on top of that, Anakin and Padme getting married, spoiler. And that's like, oh man, you really messed up. Like I remember very vividly the first time I watched that. And I was like, oh, that was that was so cool with the beginning of the Clone Wars have you see these guys about to start this whole war. And then I'm thinking, man, that's really bad. But then when they cut to Anakin and Padme and their wedding, I'm like, oh, Dude, you're really messing up now. And I, I just, gosh, I love that ending because it's just really great to me. That's like one of the few movies I go, if I watch it, I watch that movie from beginning to end because I, I mean, that soundtrack at the end also is just yeah. like, man, it's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm rating this really high and one of the best Star Wars things, like the best Star Wars. I don't want to shortchange Mandalorian, but for the grand scope, it's the best Star Wars. Eh, 
I don't know, I man. I think I may have to rate it a little higher than Rogue One. Just think, because of the time investment with the characters. I, honestly, I, I think it's, I can easily say it's the best thing that came out on from Star Wars from 2020, and it was a good fitting end of the franchise of uh, Skywalker to be released on May 4th. You know, really to culminate the end of the saga. Um, but yeah, I, I, I told this to you. I thought that Clone Wars does such a great job of reinforcing why Luke, Han, and Leia are so important to the saga. Because they have to deal with the mess the Jedi left everything in. They have to actually be the ones to fight back against Palpatine in a way that means something. And like they, they're doing this rebellion, and then it's Luke who ultimately helps bring about the end of the Emperor. And everything comes full circle. And this is the last time we see Palpatine. And it's like, dude, you have that death coming so badly. Why? From his, from his betrayal of Maul. His, I mean, it's like, just... Dooku, gosh, it's such a Dooku ran Maul. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like all the stuff he... The, all the manipulation that he does with the Jedi... And it's like, you really like, yes, you deserve to be thrown down a fire, a nice fiery death for everything you did. And, and never to be seen or heard from again. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, yeah, so that's it. That That's our, our take on Clone Wars Season 7, the finale. It was really great. Thank you for encouraging me to watch it within the same week that everyone else saw it. Thank you. Yeah, that was, it, it, I, I would have been like, stay off the internet. Just, <laughs> like, and, and we we a lot of times sci-fi fran- fans will spoil things as soon as humanly possible i think people had a, a great amount of restraint on this one it was just like they i think everybody wanted to enjoy this and let others truly enjoy it like at least for that first week just like hey y'all enjoy this this is great go nuts i mean like hey this this podcast won't even be out till at least friday so i mean you had a whole week, four days to enjoy it. So I, I recommend doing it. <laughs> Indeed. Well, little brother, that's going to do it for us on this one. Thank you for rolling with me. Thank y'all out there for listening. This episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed.